All right, you ready to do this? Yeah. Okay, I got an intro. Okay, sweet. Spoiler alert! Here is this week's show show with Sweets and Slaney. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How's your week going? A week's going well. Good. Yep. Staying focused, staying productive, keeping my screen time low. Oh, really? Is that your effort this year, this season? It wasn't really, but I'm realizing that I'm doing a pretty good job of it. Like, I'm not just going on Instagram whenever. Right. I'm kind of like keeping it to twice a day or something. You need to sit back. You can pull that microphone back sure. a little bit. All right. Yeah. I'm going to relax. Is that okay? Is that comfortable? This is great. You looked very tense. Did I? <laughs> and I'm so comfortable because I got this new chair. Oh, yeah. I didn't take any time to appreciate the new chair. It looks great. I used to build office chairs for yeah. a living. Mm -hmm. That's how I made my... That's how I fed my family. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, 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 I studied the chairs in the, the back section of Staples for a while. And this one was a sweet deal. Nice. So I took it home. Nice. <laughs> Gave it a forever home. <laughs> so how long did it take you to put it together? Uh, like half an hour. You're like, oh, I hired someone to do that. Well, no, I, I used to do that. I, yeah. Like if you were bored at Staples, you just get the electric drill and you just make a bunch of chairs. Oh, that's cool. And you can sell them for 10 bucks more because they're already made. Oh, interesting. That was one of the one of the little add-on tricks. Cool. Yeah. So uh, I didn't have an electric drill. We kind of had to do it by hand, but it was oh, pretty slick. You got to get an electric drill. I, well, there is one in the house, but okay. I just, I don't know how to work it. What right. am I? <laughs> but you knew how to what work. What am I, Mr. Clean? <laughs> you knew how to work it when you were putting together chairs. Yeah, it was a different drill. It was a different life. <laughs> a different time altogether. <laughs> now I'm having car problems. I'm having the worst week. Oh, are you? I'm, I washed my AirPods. They're wrecked. No. Uh, yep. And I was I, like, well, that's a good idea just for maintenance. But I didn't realize you meant like ran them through. I ran them through the, the wash. Machine. Really just the little charging box is what's, I just need to replace the one part. But it's still so expensive. Uh, my Ugh. car, I was going to leave work yesterday mm -hmm. and I put the car in gear and the brake pedal wasn't working. It was like somebody oh. cut my brakes. It was horrifying. Were your brakes cut lights on your dashboard? Mm, I don't know. No. Are <laughs> there, is that a thing? No, it's not. It should be. It was a Simpsons joke. Oh yeah. Oh my God. The brakes cut light is on. People do that to me. They will quote the Simpsons and then I they know. stare at you until you're <laughs> like, oh yeah, the Simpsons, right? And I, I wasn't allowed to watch the Simpsons when I was a kid. I know. I'm sorry about that. You should catch up. No. It would take a long time. That would be insane. You should catch up on like the top 20. What are the top 20? I don't know. There's definitely a list though. Uh, uh, the top 20 best Simpsons episodes? Mm -hmm. There's no continuity, right? It's just episodic. Yeah, you'd be fine. And I've seen enough Simpsons that I wouldn't be totally lost. No, not at all. You would be totally fine. I saw the Simpsons movie before I saw a single episode of the Simpsons. What did that make you think of the movie? I think I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. yeah, it's not bad. It was. I remember being a little underwhelmed about it. It just kind of came and went, though. Nobody yeah. talks about it anymore. No, no, not at all. I heard Seth MacFarlane say the other day that he's still considering doing a Family Guy movie, which it just doesn't seem like that kind of world anymore. Didn't he already do one? Well, he did Ted. No, but didn't he do a straight-up Family Guy movie? It might have been straight-to-DVD kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, it was straight-to-DVD. Like... In fact, I think it was a few episodes just, like, smooshed into one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, never saw it. Never saw and it. Nope. I heard it was like uncensored, so there were f bombs and stuff. In but it. there are f bombs in it now. Like if you watch any of the most recent seasons of Family Guy on Netflix, they just, bleep it. They just say fuck. Oh and, really? And it, yeah, but it, it it's kind of like uh, this doesn't really work. Like you're just like forcing it. It's better when somebody is like, "Where's my money, bitch?" And there's all these like censors and stuff. Right. That's how I feel anyway. Yeah. I hear you. That's the thing with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Now that they've moved to NBC, censorship laws are just like a little bit different within that organization. Okay. So they're allowed to have cursing and nudity as long as it's censored. 
Like you weren't right. allowed that on Fox, but do you remember on like The Office or Parks and Rec, there would be gags sometimes where somebody's naked and just it's totally naked and, and it's pixelated. Player. Yeah. Or sometimes like Leslie would curse and it would like be really effective, right. and but it would be bleeped out. They can do that on on Nine Nine now. It's so weird that that wasn't allowed for Fox. Maybe not on on certain programs. Yeah. Certain things are allowed in animated shows that not elsewhere did brooklyn 99 start again was that like last night or is it tonight it's it's a now ish i mean it's a good week for andy samberg mm -hmm. yeah um after hosting well it's better to have hosted that show than have been involved in it in any other capacity <laughs> which crap. sandra oh actually was involved in another capacity. well and good for her she did a nice job yeah i've got a i've got a breakdown of all the winners i don't want to like belabor the the golden globe uh wins and losses because really we're all losers here <laughs> That's fair. Um, but we should go through them really quickly. Did you watch any of the show? I did. I watched uh, I watched a good portion. I saw, you know, Mahershala Ali and Sandra Oh and um, who else get awards? You know, the Farrelly brothers. Um, yeah, I, I felt like I saw a good chunk of it, but I was totally fine with going to bed. Yeah, the, the opening monologue was kind of safe, kind of vanilla-ish, but whatever. It was harmless. They're likable people. Mm -hmm. Andy Samberg really did the same bit he did at the Franco roast. You were saying that, yeah. Where he's just like saying, they're supposed to sound like like roast jokes, but he's saying really nice things. I, I don't think I saw that part. Well, there's one point where it, it was very very gifable moment where he's talking about how incredibly handsome and jacked Michael B. Jordan is. Right. And the funny line is, you a snack, Michael. Oh, right. And on the Franco roast, it was, you a passive-aggressive sweetheart, Jonah. <laughs> right. It's the same joke, the same tone, yeah. same voice. So uh, best motion picture drama goes to Bohemian Rhapsody. Obviously, that's pretty controversial. 62% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Critics don't love it. No. Everybody pretty much agrees that Rami Malek is the only saving grace of an otherwise incredibly boring movie. And he did win, and I guess he's deserving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is becoming a cold take now. Like, yeah, at the is. time that it happened, it was kind of like, "Whoa, this shouldn't have happened." And well, if we're gonna talk, saying it if we're gonna talk about this category, we may as well talk about the other best picture category, which is best motion picture musical or comedy. So in that category, the category labeled musical, right. A Star Is Born and Bohemian Rhapsody are nowhere to be seen. <laughs> yeah. Instead, best comedy or musical went to Green Book, which is about pre-segregated Southern America. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> That's what I found interesting. Why wasn't that in just the straight up best picture? Because Peter Farrelly directed it, I guess. And it is it is, it is pretty funny. funny. Okay. It's pretty, it's funny. It's yeah. a very amusing film, uh -huh. but it's a sweet drama with a lot of racism in it. Yeah. I heard Sean Fennessy saying, he had so many criticisms, but originally he said, I liked that movie so much. Yeah. But now because it won this, it, it's almost like it's become more problematic for him. Well, the biggest issue is that the character Mahershala plays mm -hmm. is Dr. Shirley, who's this like uh, uh, really amazing classical piano player from Dr. that era. Dr. Green Book Shirley. That's right. He plays the titular Green Book. <laughs> okay. Um, he, the, the movie portrays him as kind of this like loner guy who's not connected with his family. Mm -hmm. And now Dr. Shirley's family has come out and been like, what the hell, man? That's not, that's not his story at all. He was a family man. Yeah. And so like, there are little issues where the, the people who are directly connected to the story are like, you are telling one side of the story. What the hell? You know what I've heard? They're hurt by it. I think, you know what I've heard people say too, which I find is kind of a funny take. People are saying it's a problematic movie because it's it's one of those movies where it's like a magical wise black man comes in and helps the life of a struggling white man. I don't agree with that. Uh, well, I'm kind of like, couldn't you say that about any character I, of any I race? Yes, but like I think that's a pretty superficial take. Like, th yes, it's obvious in the movie 
uh, more sophisticated black guy is mm. teaching less sophisticated white guy to be more sophisticated. But there's also this other subtext of uh, unsophisticated white guys teaching disconnected loner black guy how to feel right and like how to like be flexible and like so it's a wonderful uh, road trip movie. Nice uh, about friendship. It's 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 driving Miss Daisy, driving Miss Daisy. But it, there are problems with the fact that the family is hurt by mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so I can appreciate that. The other thing is like, uh, Mahershala Ali wins for best supporting actor. It's two hander. It's a lead role. It's right. so weird. He and Regina King for Beale Street. Like those are lead roles. Yeah. I don't understand at all. Why, unless they just have a better edge at winning, so they give them supporting. Is it because they're black people? I don't know. I'm really not sure. <laughs> I don't want to go I, there. I know that they are black people. They like, are, I, for I sure. know that part. Yeah. Yep, but I have no idea. What, yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel like that happens sometimes just in general when they want to give, when you know they want to give people awards. Maybe that's it. Uh, best uh, actress in a motion picture drama goes to, it wasn't Gaga. That was the weird thing. It went to Glenn Close in The Wife. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of surprising. The Lady so, Gaga of her generation. So that's the other big story of the Golden Globes is that A Star is Born got like pretty much shut out, except yeah. for early on they win Best Original Song for Shallow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Mark Ronson accepted the one and only Golden Globe for A Star is Born, which right. feels so weird. But Lady Gaga got up on stage too. She gets a trophy. Yeah. 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 I still think she could win two Oscars. Where she yeah. didn't win two Golden Globes. Right. You know what I found out about the the breakdown of the voting system between these two uh, award ceremonies that I think is the biggest distinguisher? Because everybody always says the Golden Globes tend to be a bit of a, a prophecy for what's to come for the Oscars. I think I know what you're going to say. I don't think this year is, is that at all. What I was going to say is that there are thousands and thousands of Academy voters. Mm-hmm. There are less than 100 Hollywood foreign press voters. That's crazy. So it's so little to sway the, the wagon. But it gets people talking, though. Yes. Um, yeah. And for that matter, did you know that? Did you know the way that the votes are counted with the Oscars? It's essentially like the overall number three. Like you vote for your top ten. Yep. And although you may have had a movie number one, if you voted a movie number three, it's almost like the cumulative highest scores. So if yeah. everyone voted a movie number three. And there was a smattering of number ones and twos. the The number three would actually be the winner. It's the electoral college. That's right. It's so friggin' stupid. It's so crazy. Yeah, it makes me want to. I heard that a star is born is two to one for betting odds. Okay. Black Panther is like twenty five to one. Yeah. And then Bohemian Rhapsody was like twenty five to one. It's, like, it's oh. probably better now, but it's like, not going to win the Oscar. Th- well, this was still post uh, Golden Globes. It's it's not going to win the Oscar now. Or it never Neither was will Black to. Panther, I don't think. No, it won't. But you know what? I've done a bit of a 180 on Black Panther. I, I used to be kind of of the mind that like, yeah, Black Panther was lots of fun and I, I think it's really good for representation, but it is pandering to nominate just yet another superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And then I thought like, what is film if not an opportunity to celebrate something that mattered? And so it evoked a lot of feelings for people. I think that made it one of the best movies of the year. I think it's pretty simple. Yeah. So I kind of did a bit of a Did it a make it on one that. of the best movies of the year for you? Did it make your top five? Because it didn't for me. I don't know. I struggle to come up with my top five on the on the top of my head. <laughs> I don't know what didn't. my top five is, but I know it's not in it. Green Book probably is for me. Yeah? I oh, adored Green Book. Yeah, just, cool. just as a film that made me feel good. Yeah. Definitely. My favorite movie of the year was Eighth Grade. Right. Yeah. Still haven't seen it. It's so amazing. Uh, best uh, actress uh, in a music comedy, a musical, whatever. Uh, Olivia Coleman, the favorite. People love her. 
Yeah. Best director, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma. Have you watched that? No, but it's on Netflix. I know. It's the most accessible of all of them. That I'll have to check out for sure. Oh, best actor uh, goes to Christian Bale uh, for Vice. Right. Did which is just, something. His acceptance speech was kind of funny. It blew people away that he's Welsh. Oh, really? So many people were like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and he's calling his like kids his burrito and his banana. Yeah, that was sweet. He's like, he was full of personality and charisma. Yeah, he's like, oh, my wife knows that I can ruin any moment <laughs> if I talk long enough. But. He also thanked Satan for inspiring him to right. play Dick Cheney. And then the Church of Satan was like, hey, thanks, Christian. <laughs> it was the first time they've ever thanked a Christian. <laughs> thanked a Christian. It was also weird that what did he, he said he was going to play like um, another kind controversial figure next that's right mitch mcconnell or some asshole like that uh best supporting actor in a motion picture goes to mahershala we talked about that Mm -hmm. original score justin hurwitz for first man now first man is another movie that's just kind of being forgotten and i I have to think that this is a little jarring for for damien chazelle who's only made a handful of movies i thought it was hardcore oscar bait like I thought, it, well, we were that's see that's that. the problem, though. Do you yeah. want to make Oscar bait? Do you want to make a good movie? And I, I think mm-hmm. probably it is cool. I like that it's a, a score done on the theremin. Oh, is that's it pretty, the entire score? Yeah, the whole like the lead instrument on the score like, is theremin, ooh. and so that's fitting for a space movie. I think, yeah. a la Rod Serling. Um, <laughs> but I also think that Justin Hurwitz just won because he's Justin Hurwitz, who also did La La Land. Right. So that just kind of seemed like like it was in the pot otherwise easy, it, it got shut out take. a lot of um talk about this movie or this show pose that's one show that we haven't done yeah i know there's a couple shows in the in the golden gloves that i was yeah. like what is this anything else that you notice let's let's talk about um about the globes in general no not that that comes off the top of my head there was or f- shows oh well shows in general are you asking us to move off golden globes no no i'm saying shows that were represented on the golden globes that we didn't touch in the last year no i i don't know about that in in terms of winning i I don't think so because sometimes these limited series win like these these weird little bio things like antonio banderas playing um friggin picasso or whatever like something we wouldn't even consider doing a podcast on although that might be a good podcast uh the americans won best drama Yes, I was so pumped about that. Although it was so weird because it's been off for so long. Well, I felt the same way about the assassination of Gianni Versace. Yes. Or Johnny Versace, as right. the announcers both said multiple <laughs> times. And and Darren Chris won. Yeah, I hate that actor. guy. He, I think it's a hot take. I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm very popular in this opinion. I detest Darren no, Chris. No, you, you made me dislike him when we did the podcast and you were talking about his uh, roundtable with like David Harbour. Oh, David Harbour put him in his place. Yeah, which is great. It was. But... I I found that to, to redeem him a little bit. I thought his acceptance speech wasn't too um, pandery until he got to the end where he was like, and by the way, Filipino women, like my mom is a Filipino woman and that is the reason I'm here. And yeah. I thought otherwise he was relatively humble sounding okay. and, and giving other people credit. For it was his better award. than his Emmy speech where the first thing he said <sighs> when he got on stage was you're all witnessing the most important moment of my life. Oh, you see, I missed this. go away. Yeah. And Becky made a good point when we were watching, like he's a good actor, like, whether you like him or not, he's obviously a good actor, sure. but he's only successful in things. Ryan Murphy puts him in. Right. So that kind of narrows your avenues mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. I find that kind of weird. Uh, Sandra O oh won for Killing Eve, which is cool because not very many. First of all, she's the first Canadian ever to host the Golden Globes. She's, oh, I think, the crazy. third uh, person of Asian descent mm-hmm. to host the Golden Globes. After who? I don't know. I had a hard time coming <laughs> up with the answers, yeah. too. I don't. I have no idea. Um, and uh, she can't be uh, in a, a very large group of people who won while hosting. 
no. which is uh, kind of exciting. She did a funny thing in the in the opening monologue. She made a joke about uh, about whitewashing, yes. and you could very she she said, mentioned Aloha, which is a, a movie I completely forgot existed. Right, a Cameron Crowe movie. A oh couple years ago. yeah, and you could hear Emma Stone shout, "I'm sorry" from the audience. <laughs> it was very funny and very winning. Yeah, when she got to her serious part of the monologue at the end, clunky. It was clunky because I felt like there was going to be a punchline. And I think people in the audience did. And they were expecting it and laughing. Someone laughed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was waiting for that too. I thought, oh, here it comes. And, I know. And then it was like a, a stern talking to about about uh, diversity. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Speaking of racism, uh, the bodyguard Richard Madden won yes. for best actor in a in a TV series drama, and uh, nothing against Richard Madden. I think that's great. They're definitely going to do a second season of that show, which is kind of fun. Um, okay, here are my uh, biggest issues. <laughs> the Kaminsky method is hack trash. Oh uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't as bad as we thought it was, but definitely not best actor. I watched four or five Globe. of them. It's yeah. not that it's uh, on its own a hateful show. It's no. watchable. Right. But it is it is baiting for sure. It's just an opportunity to give a legend a statue. Yeah. Chuck Lorre is a hack. I used to say this thing, and I think I said it when we talked about the Kaminsky Method on the podcast. I, I had this theory that while he was doing uh, broad, accessible uh money shows mm -hmm. he had an amazing play in the top drawer of his desk that right. he was sitting on and wishing he could produce yeah and now i think that was the kaminsky method and it's not that great <laughs> yeah so it, it, yeah like if he had an acceptance speech it would be very like he did he won for, oh, for freaking best tv show chuck Lorre won he for, won for best tv series comedy he beat the marvelous mrs Maisel, which is extraordinary whoa, whoa. he beat kidding the good place and barry Oh, I did not know. Are this. you f excuse me? Fucking kidding? Yeah. And uh, Michael Douglas again, a legend, but he beat Jim Carrey in Kidding. Mm -hmm. Whether that show is your cup of tea or not, sure. obviously he was there for that. Uh, Donald Glover, who's great in everything. Mm -hmm. Bill Hader, who won the Emmy for Barry, and Sasha Baron Cohen, who might be a little bit out of place in that category, but gave an extremely urgent and provocative performance this totally. year. Yeah. I, yeah, I love how Donald Glover just said, I'm not fucking going to this. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was amazing to me. I wonder if that Eternal was... Eternal coolness. He knew when not to go. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel Brosnahan won for uh, Best Actress in a, a Comedy TV Series for, for Maisel, and she's going to host the next episode of SNL. Oh, that's a good... That I bet that'll be a good episode. Yeah, I think so. I think that'd be pretty should good. Be, should be fine. And that's about it. Oh, I did want to mention this best animated film. Spider-Man did the Spider-Verse. Yeah. The best animated film I've seen since a Toy Story. Since a Toy Story? Since Toy Story 3, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Exceptional. All right. All right. Better than Moana? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's 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 wild. It's like, it's so fun. And and visually spectacular. It's such a masterpiece to look at. Yeah. And it's funny and the cast is stacked and it's kind of moving and it's really creative and it's weird. I've it's, only heard good things about it. It's weird. Uh, Jake Johnson is so good as washed up Peter Parker. Awesome. He's been pushing it on his Instagram for like a year. You should be proud of this movie. Yeah. It's it's like a little dark horse that I don't think anybody expected. Totally. So uh, easiest transition in talking about award shows is uh, today's Kevin Hart news. Okay. And this has gone back and forth. I don't know how many times. You know about the Ellen DeGeneres Yeah, I don't chapter. know the most recent news, though. This is exciting for me. Okay, so last week, Kevin Hart uh, goes on Ellen. Mm -hmm. They kind of do this stupid dance where they pretend that they're friends. Right. Uh, 
a yeah. literal dance because it's on Ellen. Or... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and she's like, I think you should host the Academy Awards. I called the Academy today. Ellen is flexing harder than any celebrity. That's a little crazy. She's flexing so much lately. It's really obnoxious. Uh, and I think the the strategy was get some iconic figure of the of the gay community to oh. to jump on your side. You know what? I didn't even think of that because I see he what... he made homophobic jokes. If you want to call them jokes, right? Um, and I think it was a strategy to see if he would be championed. If people would climb on board with him having a go again. Right. And the Academy's like, no, we want Kevin to do it. That's why we haven't filled the role yet. We really want Kevin to come back. So he apologized again and he's like, I'm, I'll consider it. And uh. then a week later, there's just been the same vitriol on Twitter and everybody pointing out that, no, Ke Kevin, you don't get to play the victim here. When you say you addressed this years ago, that doesn't mean you apologized for it years ago. Right. We weren't able to find an apology anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then he says some dumb thing about how he never set out to be an LGBTQ ally. Which is oh, the well, most, that's, that's a, the most homophobic thing yeah. he said so far. That's horrific. That's a misstep. And so today he was on GMA with Strahan and he's, he's acting so put out by the whole thing. He's like, I'm over it. I won't talk about it anymore. Like I, you try your, I can only, I, I, I know who I am and you can, he was such a punk about it. Really? And so he says, I'm not doing it. He's definitely not hosting the Academy Awards this year. And guess what else comes out? This is not 100% confirmed as of Wednesday night when we're taping this, but it seems like it's the case. Uh, the Academy's second choice to Kevin Hart? Nobody at all. Yeah, I could see that. Which is so bratty and so <laughs> entitled and tone deaf. It's there's We've talked before about how there are so many talented, funny, hardworking, and frankly, less expensive performers who would chomp at the bit. This narrative that's being talked about in THR about how... Uh, nobody wants the gig. It's the most thankless uh, uh, dodged away from gig in Hollywood yeah. is false. That's ridiculous. N none of the six guys you want to do the job want to do it. Right. Because three of them have done it already. Mm -hmm. Two of them are too famous and one guy's a homophobe. Right. But there are lots of funny people. Who is your choice for hosting? Mulaney Kroll. That, yeah. Would I be amazing. I think that would be amazing too. I don't know if they even have enough... Do you think that they have written it just in case? They've written a bunch of they material. They don't write it. They, <laughs> no. don't, they don't write the monologue. No, they have a, uh, an entire writing crew. No. No, you hire your own writing crew. When Seth Meyers uh, hosted the Golden Globes, he hired Mulaney no, and I know. Neil Brennan that's and, what I'm, that, and his staff. That's what I'm saying. So do you think that they've you know, got some bullet points down in case they do host, have people in their back pocket that they might want on their writing Maybe, staff. but then you got to pay somebody for writing jokes that might not be on television. Like these people yeah. get paid. That's what Jimmy Kimmel said last year is that uh, you get paid a little bit of money for the for the hosting the Oscars, but you have to pay some money too. You right. have to pay writers. Sure. And the other, the, my other take now is this thing is like five weeks away. It can't be good. No yeah. matter who you get, it's going to suck because it's you, you're supposed to start preparing for the Oscars in like September. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, don't you think that everyone's a little scared right now because they they don't have any they have 4 weeks to Yeah, nobody get wants everything it. together. And and the other thing is like I can see how the Oscars mechanically will run without a host because usually it's just an announcer uh announcing the next presenter anyway. Yeah. But the opening is going to feel weird. You're right. I think last I think they should just get Billy Crystal to do one of those like dubbed over or like Jimmy Fallon even. Yeah. 
to do one of those like dubbed over I'm in the movie talking to characters in the movie and right. like I'm an extra and then it there just kind of leads into it. There will be sketches. They say they're going to lean on the music because it was a really music heavy uh, year for film. Um, they'll have like a bunch of little mm-hmm. sketches and it'll involve a bunch of people, but it'll feel disjointed. And the other thing is that Oscar nights are usually defined by a couple of signature bits that mm-hmm. are owned by the host, whether it's right. Jimmy Kibble bringing in the tour bus or Ellen doing the selfie Right. Or do you remember a couple of years ago when Eddie Murphy was supposed to host the Academy Awards and his director uh, who was going to direct the show got in trouble for saying something publicly and Eddie pulled out because they fired the director and so they had to hire Billy Crystal last minute? Right. Yeah. This is history repeating itself. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Would Billy Crystal do it again, you think? (laughs) I don't, again, like I don't, I think now it's a thankless job. Yeah. I think now it's who wants to touch that with a 10 foot pole. Well, and even when Billy Crystal last did it, I don't think people were happy about it. I think they were like, yeah, that was good. Probably. But you also can't have Ricky Gervais going up there. And the other thing is maybe a comedian doesn't have to host it. Sure. Maybe like, maybe like Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan host it. (laughs) <laughs> that would be fun it would be kind of like some iconic duo or something yeah tom hanks and meg ryan that's a weird one because nobody <laughs> sees meg ryan anymore but like matt damon and ben affleck that would be well again <laughs> there's still some problems there what are some other good justin uh, Chay. no they were terrible on the emmys right they did the really terrible i did on not see one one thing from the emmys yeah that was the worst award show until the golden globes which mm. just let me down anyway so it, we're probably gonna hear lots about how that's frustrating over the next little while yeah. Uh, Richard Chief, who played um, Toby on the West Wing, confirmed that they are, in fact, in talks to reboot the West Wing. It's kind okay. of been this rumored thing. They, Whenever Bradley Whitford or Aaron Sorkin has to promote something else, they always get asked, oh, would you, would you, would you? Does that excite you? Like, when have it does. reboots ever been good? Right. That's fair. You know? I don't know. Like, it would be... It's a, it's a slippery thing. I wouldn't want to... I wouldn't want it unless... Aaron Sorkin was back on board, but then like, I don't want Aaron Sorkin to make himself sick trying to make the West wing good. Right. Um, the other thing is like during this time, like the West wing was kind of irreverent and it was mm-hmm. about like leftist politics. Oh, it's going to be it's way, preachy, but it's going to be preachier. It's going to be like Candace Bergen. Yeah. It's going to be so virtue signally. Yeah. And I don't know if we want that, but there was like a storyline when Rob Lowe exited the West wing mm-hmm. that uh, someday Sam Seaborn wants to be president. So that is like an open template. Now, Aaron Sorkin has also said publicly that if he were to do it now, he would want to write about uh, a president who was played by like a Sterling K. Brown. Right. So that's kind of different altogether. Yeah. But don't do the West Wing if you're not going to bring back CJ and Toby and... I think it's better if they don't have a president in there that's clearly supposed to be a Trump knockoff. Well, no, they would never do that. They would never do that? No. That like the staff is kind of trying to, I just. That's a different show. I'm not saying I wouldn't watch that show, but that's not the West Wing. Yeah, no, because it's always someone whose values align with the president has to, the president, not necessarily the president has to be a good man. Right. Which is the thing about, uh, about the end of, of the West Wing. Mm -hmm. It ends with a big election. Bartlett's two terms are up and we have to elect a new person and it's going to be either Jimmy Smith's or Alan Alda. Ah. The former a Democrat, the latter a Republican. And the thing that makes it the West Wing is that you're not just blindly rooting for Jimmy Smith because you watch this leftist show and he plays the the left character. Alan Alda's Republican character is a good man. I was going to say, you wouldn't choose Alan Alda to be a villain. No. At this point. No. You know, he's TV road. That's what makes it. 
it makes it rich right through the end. Not right. that Aaron Sorkin wrote the yeah. last season of the, of the West Wing, but uh, but it was still good. It's just too. It was okay. It's okay. just too easy to make a show. And like I said, I'd watch a show where the 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 cabinet is a bunch of uh, slightly morally compromised people who are trying to keep their morally bankrupt president in line. Right. That's a watchable program, but it's not an Aaron Sorkin show. It's no. not The West Wing. Right. It's closer to Veep. Exactly. That's right. But even, but then everyone is morally bankrupt in Veep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also very watchable. Yeah. Uh, Hassan Minaj, do you know about his little uh, situation? They pulled something off of Netflix. Am so I right about he's this? He's got this show. Yeah. Which is like, a, it's kind of like a magazine, not unlike uh, the John Oliver show. Right. Where he breaks it down, but he talks with his hands a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, he did a show that was, he did an episode of his new season where he's like pretty critical of Saudi Arabia. And Saudi Arabia Netflix pulled the episode. Okay. Basically to to protect him from getting lured into a into a consulate. Oh, really? Yeah, I think so. Wow. So they were they were legitimately worried for his life. Shouldn't we be on a Washington Post? Uh, yeah, guy gets killed with a bone saw. But that wasn't in the states, was it? No, that was in Saudi Arabia. Yep. I mean, but these comedians who think they're like also journalists want to be daring. Yeah, you never know. That's true. Just like don't don't poke the bear that's if you true. don't need to. Next thing you know, they're doing one of those tours that comedians do where they go to like that doesn't happen so much anymore though, does no. it? No. John Stewart so. used to do it a lot. Sure. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a lot of it's funny when you watch comedians and cars getting coffee, how many people will bring up and it's sometimes like, you know, comedians that you would say are on the sixth rung. Yeah. Like Brian Regan's like, yeah, I was in uh, That's right. Afghanistan for a little bit or you know, people who I think were like writers on TV shows. I think those are blue collar guys. I think yeah. that if there's a gig for it, it's like, it's good for PR. Yeah. Certainly if you're out there, if you're one of the guys out there, you're happy to see this like working class, world class, right. American stand up come over. Yeah. Jim Gaffigan or whatever. Mm hmm. Ooh, man. Seinfeld should do the Oscars. Uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know if does he take it seriously enough? Because that's, that's think, really the problem. Is you think, have to respect the Oscars, yeah. but nothing else. <laughs> right. That's right. I think maybe that's what would be the saving grace for Jerry Seinfeld five weeks leading up to the Oscars. Yeah. Is he could do a bunch of bits that weren't really important. He wouldn't, he'd be very polished, but wouldn't really care what people thought. Because yeah. he'd end up going back to Seinfeld, nine seasons at number one or whatever. <laughs> where you're just... You know, that the thing he says on Comedians and Cars every yeah. other episode. Right. I don't care. Yeah. Somebody said to me recently that they found uh, the most recent dump of Comedians and Cars episodes to be very pro-Jerry, where like people just come on and they just like sing Jerry's praises. Right. Yeah. And he accepts it. Oh, he loves it. And he likes being the god of comedy. And he's like, you're going to get there. Like he's like a father. Yeah. Well, he's supportive comedy. of comedy in general, but he kind of is a self-appointed president of comedy. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I guess I'm okay with it. But it, there hasn't been a more recent season than the... The one with Mulaney. Okay. And cool. Ellen. I, I watched all of that season. So yeah. within the last month, I've gone through and watched all those. Yeah, you're good. The one with Kate McKinnon, I found really funny. Yeah. I've been quoting it a lot lately where right? she starts talking about um, American Horror Story and how Jessica Lang turns in the performance of a lifetime <laughs> where at the end of the season she wakes up and she is in a cottage which is supposed to be hell mm -hmm. and she takes a deep breath and she says smells like cat piss <laughs> fish 
she looks around and there's like naughty pine on the wall like you would see in a cottage and goes naughty pine <laughs> Uh, she's another one people say should host the academy awards yeah okay i see it i sort of see i see it. you kate mckinnon yeah the uh, men in black jump street crossover flick is officially dead it's out of development it's never gonna happen okay mr rogers biopic starring hum, uh, tom hanks you know about yes. that yep uh it was called you are my friend which is a brutal friggin yeah. title they've changed the title of the film to guesses would you be my neighbor close a beautiful day in the neighborhood uh, okay long title i like a long title yeah yep big fan or yeah i was gonna say what about a beautiful day or the neighborhood but both of those things <laughs> are not very too vague telling. yeah 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 i don't know or just rogers <laughs> <laughs> fred fred yeah i could see that happening i wouldn't be happy about it <laughs> sarah silverman's i love you america canceled it's her, she had a show. It's her Hulu show. It was in the second season. I kind of liked it, but I think this is another example of streaming platforms not being effective mediums for talk shows. I don't think it works. Oh, and it was a talk show. I mean, it was kind of a talk show. It was kind of like a stand-up bit, and then there'd be a field piece, and then right. she'd try to befriend a person with different ideals than hers. That's kind of the premise of the right. show. I love you in spite of our differences. Mm -hmm. It was nice. I like Sarah. Yeah. Um, but at its heart, it was like a topical news uh, satire show. Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't there's, think any of them work. There's enough of those. Yeah, there's enough. What about um, that show that Ben Stiller directed? That seems to be like a prison break show with Benicio yeah. Del Toro. Yeah. And Escape, Patricia Arquette. Escape at Gano. Yeah. She won. She, she won. She sure did. Yeah. Looking crazy. Yeah. Do you think bit. she looks really crazy? Because yeah. I can't get over how crazy she always looks to sure. me. Sure. Sure. I guess. You know? I still think of her as kissing Kate Barlow and Holes. Oh, Interesting. My all-time favorite. Okay. Um, I think of her as the mom from Boyhood. And that's it, fair. It troubles me. <laughs> um, she was amazing in that. She won she an was, Oscar. She was very good. Yeah. So that's why I'm troubled by it. Like, the, the last scene in, in it is her crying because her son's leaving, and it makes me upset. Yep. Um, anyway, spoiler alert for Boyhood, but... Uh, <laughs> he grows up. <laughs> he becomes a man. <laughs> um, where did that actor go? Uh, I think he sucked, and yeah. so <laughs> and people finally realized. Yeah, that's uh, too bad. Yeah. I loved that movie, but he was not a great thespian. From age seven to twenty, he honestly, it would be it would be extraordinary if he was like Jodie Foster, and he just happened to be an amazing actor that they plucked from obscurity at twelve. Right. Yeah, that would be insane. It happens sometimes. I guess. Michael B. Jordan, uh, Ryan Gosling. Oh yeah, Sweet Valley High. Was it Sweet Valley High? I don't know about that. He was in the Mickey Mouse Club. Ryan Gosling. No, Ryan Gosling was in Sweet Valley High. I believe you. Sweet. It was a, there was, I believe there was a season where they went on a cruise ship. But doesn't that and apply to most of those shows? Cruise ship. Yeah. Yeah. I think that applies to most of those shows. Remember, like when Boy Meets World did a Disney World episode. It, but that was one episode. They did a whole season where the school was on a cruise ship. Wow. They bold did take. school. That is bold. On a cruise ship. That's quite a twist. Yeah. Definitely. Was that after they jumped the shark or did they do that on the cruise they, ship? The cruise ship jumped a shark. Jumped over a shark. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. had an onboard motor. Sounds incredibly forward. watchable. Yes. Speaking of incredibly watchable, though, we should watch that Ben Stiller escape show. Okay. Well, I, I, we want to do that very soon. But mm. next week, we got to do the new season of True Detective. Yes, definitely. And I think we should do this new Picnic Face show. Mark Little and Andrew Bush have a right. new show called Cavendish. Yeah. That we should definitely talk about. It premiered last night. Did you watch it yet? No, but I think it's very strange. Okay. I think Excellent. it's very unusual. I love it. I'm looking forward to it. 
Cool. I almost wish they did it on a streaming service rather than CBC. Although CBC will get a lot of... Like, Letterkenny became such a sensation. Yeah, but that's so rare. I know. I mean, I guess it's it's not so rare in that like it didn't happen for the Trailer Park Boys on like a global scale. And they're Netflix-friendly now. Right. Where's Letterkenny? That is on Crave. Okay, that's good. That was like Crave's signature thing. Yeah. And then they got very aggressive, and now they're streaming HBO and stuff, like live HBO. Oh, uh, another good example is Shit's Creek. Yeah. People Shit's, love that people show. People really like Shit's Creek. That's That was on CBC at one point. Is it still? It was originally a CBC show, and now like Americans love Shit's Creek. It's on like Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. It is a funny show. It is really funny. We're good with Shit's Creek. Maybe that'll happen for Cavendish. I hope so. I'm excited for Becky to see it because she's from PEI. And so there's a scene in the trailer where they're like clearly coming off the bridge and you can see the little lighthouse and like that's what we see every time we go to visit her family. Right. That's going to be cool for her. Yeah. That's that is uh, it'd be like if there was a show called Dartmouth. Well, you and I could get to work on it. Oh, maybe we should. Aren't we busy enough? Could we call it Dark Myth? Do you ever hear people call it Dark Myth? Dark Myth. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Unironically. Uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before we get to uh, what's to come in 2019? You see any movies over Christmas? Any, like, like I saw Vice. I think I mentioned that Vice is really good, but it's chilling. You know what I saw was Bird Box. Oh, you did. That was one of the hot, uh, hot movies. So what? what? Is it, does it matter? There, there's definitely problems. Like, yeah. you don't get through the movie and say, that was a flawless movie. Yeah. But the intensity level, like the thrillerness of the movie is great. Mm-hmm. It's very watchable. Like it's a a very solid sit down, kind of turn your brain off and be a little bit terrified and troubled. And it's got Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. It's got John Malkovich. Yep. I had no idea that John Malkovich was in it. It's got um who is it? Lord No, it's not Laura Dern. Um the girl from the OJ story, uh, Sarah Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. That's right. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil anything. Okay. Isn't it interesting that so many of our big cult, uh, like, memeable movies in the last couple of years are horror movies with Get Out and remember Hereditary and A Quiet Place? These little sleeper movies that really shouldn't have been a big deal, but for some reason become these big deals. I didn't see A Quiet Place, but I might have more problems with Bird Box if I actually did see A Quiet Place. I saw A Quiet Place. Because this movie is, you're not supposed to, like, you're supposed to keep your eyes completely covered. That keeps you safe. Right. Whereas a quiet place is you're not supposed to talk. Right. And that keeps you safe. And there's little kids and there's things that complicate it yeah. in both movies. Yep. A quiet place was fine. It, yeah. It's supremely overrated. I I saw Jen, um, Jen read the background of what the book is supposed to be for Bird Box. And it seems like the book would be a little cooler and a little less tidy than what the movie was okay and i appreciated that yeah yeah no i i don't, I don't think i'll see it well, I, I think because I, I saw like a quiet place and get out i was like i guess i can handle this now and then i saw the trailer for us the new jordan peele movie and i was yeah. like nope i'm the same little wimp I us was. is it looks terrifying it looks truly terrifying so scary but if there's one reason that you do watch bird box you should watch it because melissa villasenor is now doing an impression on like her instagram okay of sandra bullock uh, and she'll have like a blindfold on and she'll do an impression of Sandra Bullock trying to hit a pinata, but in <laughs> with all the characteristics of her character in Bird Box. 
It's great. I'm scared she's going to get fired from SNL. I am too. She's really talented. She's though. so talented. She's, she's a good follow on Instagram. I think maybe she isn't pushy enough at SNL. You know how like the stories you kind of have to be like in the in crowd. You kind of have to be a bit of a sportsman. We talked about this before and I think you'd be surprised if you followed her Instagram account at all because she's she like has a single out. Oh, wow. Like, That's yeah, weird. she's she's big into singing and music and art. Well, she does stuff. a good Christina Aguilera impression. You have to be able to carry a tune. Totally. Uh, I saw Black Klansman. Did I tell you that? Yeah. What'd you think? Really disturbing. Kind of dark. Well, I mean, it, it's bubbly. Like, it's it's got a lot of... It's a Spike Lee joint, you right. know? It's, it's a fun movie. It's a cool movie, but it's so troubling. Yeah. Uh, and... I don't know if that can be said for every, like, a fun, cool movie. I don't think that can be said for every Spike Lee movie. And the fact that you're saying this about Black Klansman is... I don't know. Like, what, what's a Spike Lee movie that's not fun and cool? I I don't know. I even find Do the Right Thing is kind of dark. I guess. Like, I don't find it, like, bubbly. I yeah. guess there is some... There, I, there's always just an undertone of darkness. He Got Game, same thing. This movie's solid. It's like, I, I would never watch it again. The thing is, I didn't know that he was Denzel's son. Yeah, John David Washington. Yeah, and he's very good. But I was like, this guy talks funny. Yeah. And he walks funny. And then when I learned that he's Denzel's son, he talks and walks like his dad. It's like, oh. Yeah. Did, but you've seen Ballers. No, uh, no, not really. Didn't we watch he's in that, Ballers? Is he? Yeah, he's like the main football player guy. We've he's, never done a podcast about it. I think we no. planned to at one point and right. it never came through. Probably at the beginning of the football season where I was trying to pressure you into to doing a football related thing that's fair um it, he's good in that too adam driver's really good in it and it's one thing to play adam driver who's playing uh he's playing like a good person pretending to be a bad person because mm -hmm. that's the whole thing is they infiltrate the kkk right and so it, it one guy plays him on the phone the other guy plays him in person and so it's okay i guess for adam driver to say those horrible things mm -hmm. if it's understood in the context of his character that it's for the greater good but then there are all these actors who are playing those people yeah and not just tover grace who plays those people in a suit and doesn't oh. say the words is all these people who like look and talk and like very convincingly are being those white supremacists. Yeah. We're so real. And it's like, I, I said to Becky, like, I don't know any of these actors very well. One of them's on like a major uh, uh, network uh, medical show right now. Okay. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I know you want to work with Spike Lee cause you're like an actor. Yeah. But I don't know if you want to take this part, like it's just right. as like it a would very hated person, it, it, it would be so hard to be some of these people yeah. for a few months. Right. Yeah. It's one of those things where you go home and it's a little hard to kind of separate from the hatred and the darkness. The, there's a, like one of the, the white supremacists has a wife. Yeah. And this actress, it was just a little too easy for her. I don't mean to, I don't mean to imply anything. Maybe she's just a great actor, but I was just like, I hope so. she is just too in this character. Really? It is just rolling off her tongue with the greatest of ease. And it was very upsetting. Wow. Yeah. Do you think she'll get nommed? No. <laughs> and that's the problem. I didn't know that Topher Grace was in it. He plays David Duke. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Okay. So and it's weird because he's just kind of foreman playing David Duke. But it's also, then they show a clip with a real David Duke at the end of the movie. Yeah. Like uh, stumping for Trump. And right. then you remember like, this is these are the people who love Trump. Right. Because um, that's why this movie is effective. And you're like, oh, I can see how Topher Grace will play a younger version of that guy. So what year does this take place? Uh, like 1977. Gotcha. Gotcha. I think. And, and we talked, you, you've never seen American History X. No. 
it's probably disturbing in a similar way, but it's not as gory. Like there's yeah. no graphic violence in it. Right. It's one of those things where at the time people must have said, Ed- Edward Norton, like, do you really want to be, you know, essentially the Hitler youth? Yeah. Like really the Hitler youth. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. And yeah. then they show a clip from Charlottesville Ooh. at the end of the movie. That's how the movie ends. Spoiler alert with like a, a smash cut of like all of these real things that are happening really? now. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, that um, does it do a smash cut to Bad Boys 2 where they infiltrate a KKK meeting at the very beginning of the movie? It does, in fact. It's a hot way to start a movie. They're in the same cinematic universe, as it turns out. <laughs> Black Landsman and Bad Boys. Just Bad Boys 2, though. Right, not Bad Boys 1. Because <laughs> they're not in the same universe. Right, Bad, bad Boys, Boys 1 and Bad Boys 2. <laughs> different, different cast. Different continuity. Yeah. Totally they different have, story. They all have different names, but they somehow wind up together again. <laughs> Extraordinary. Okay, do you want to do you want to get to this? Do you have any anything you wanted to talk about, like in reference to last year in television, twenty eighteen? Like, I realize we usually do this show on New Year's right. Day. Usually, I I make like a top ten list. Yeah, I think off the top of my head, um, Barry was a big one. Yeah, was a big fan of Barry. I think that was uh, my favorite show of the year. Loved Atlanta again. Yep, Atlanta was on within the last year, right? Yep. Um. What else did I watch that really stuck with me? I, those are the the big two sticking out. I just finished uh, the final season of a series of unfortunate events, which is this childhood book series. I was going to ask you about that. Uh, I loved it. You loved it. They killed it. You've, the the whole thing worked out really. And well you know for you. what? Without spoiling uh, spoiling anything, they they do a little thing at the end that's not exactly in the book, mm-hmm. but they don't change the ending. Okay. But they just do a thing that kind of enriches the ending. You liked it even more. I loved it. Yeah. Oh wow, that's high praise from you. Yeah. As a as a you know a, a parishioner of the the church of of lemony snicket of lemony snicket exactly snicket's lemony I'll take it okay so I've got a list of of twenty four shows coming out in twenty nineteen oh sweet. I don't I don't know a lot about most of them but I can tell you a little bit about what I know about each of them yeah. so all of these shows are coming out in the next uh, year don't ask me exactly when I don't have dates okay. but they're all potentially candidates for the show show uh, the Witcher which uh, is based on a, a series of fantasy novels, mm-hmm. kind of like cult novels. Right. Uh, stars Henry Cavill, and it's on Netflix. Who's Henry Cavill again? Superman. Oh, right. Okay. And he's left Superman now. Yeah. Right. So that's he- kind of interesting. Along the along the uh, the fantasy realm, and there are a few superhero shows on here, which I remember being a thing last year. Yeah. We were like, oh my God, there's so many superhero shows. Can I tell you that I'm not excited about The Witcher before we move in? Yeah, no, further? me neither. I'm like, I don't think that's going to be good. No, me neither. I, I kind of, I kind of feel like it's going to be a little American godsy. Like, yeah, it has this cult following that's probably not going to be satisfied by it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Henry Cavill is good. He was really good in the most recent Mission Impossible movie, I guess. But I still okay. don't. There's still not a thing about Henry Cavill where yeah. I'm like, oh, that's what that guy does best. I still got to catch up on the Mission Impossible movies. I'm behind. Man, it but, was so good. Yeah, I've heard the last like three have been amazing. Honestly, Ghost Protocol is my favorite Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. This one might be my second favorite. Really? It's so good. The last one I saw, I think, was three with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Where he's like, I'm going to kill your wife. <laughs> so there's six the of them, like right? That. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, uh, yeah, I'm three behind. So there's quite a break between three and four then. There's a long break. Yeah. Because three came out in like 2006. Yeah. Anyway, the most recent one is amazing. Great. So, so good. Uh, the Watchmen is what I was getting at. A excited for that one. I mean, I have to be excited for it. It's Damon Lindelof. It's on HBO. I remember watching The Watchmen, the, the movie. Haven't seen it. And I, I didn't get it. 
Okay. Like I know that the Watchmen is taught in universities. Like it's supposed to be like important literature. It's the only piece. Uh, it's the only graphic novel mm-hmm. that ever makes literature lists. Right. Uh, but I didn't get it as as a film, and it's probably because I was nineteen and I, you know, been watching Spider Man movies, and I thought this was going to be like that. Yeah. No, it's like about culture. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I don't know if we're going to get that from this, but it's coming out on HBO. The Twilight Zone. I'm excited about that. Are you? This is a Jordan Peele yeah, is. joint, isn't it? It's a Jordan Peele joint. <laughs> uh, it's amazing how much work he's doing. Do you find it weird when when an artist comes out with their big good thing and they're mm. like, "This took me." 30 years to make this let's do everything yeah it was like he, he it took him like five or six years to write get out and now he's got another movie written and directed yeah. and a show yeah how is that possible unless it was already banked well don't you think when you're going through the whole process of that movie and you're thinking about all of the different i don't know all of the different subtexts yeah you're kind of thinking you know what else would be kind of like this yeah I mean, I'm, I'm like that. If I'm creating things, like I'll get ideas for other things and I'll try to yeah. I'll try to push them away while I'm working on one thing. And right. then ultimately, I have a bunch of things on the go. Yeah. I think in most cases, when Jordan Peele says he wrote Get Out for six years or when Lin-Manuel says he wrote Hamilton for eight years, I think really it's right-click properties on the document file created six years ago. Right. I don't think that it was like get up every day at seven o'clock and work on Hamilton for 12 hours. Yeah. Which is not to say that a lot of work wasn't put in on both of those things. Mm -hmm. But I think it's kind of vague to say I worked on this for six years and now I've written another movie in six months (laughs) and it's going to be as good. But I worked on it over the course of eight years. Right. So the new Twilight Zone is coming out on CBS All Access. We don't know if it's going to be similar to uh, like old Twilight Zone, or mm-hmm. if it's going to be a little more Black Mirror esque. The only other thing that came out on, um, and and that's right, because Black Mirror, I, I feel like it could could have a, a Black Mirror tinge without any of the technology. Bandersnatch is another thing that we haven't talked about. Did you see Bandersnatch? I did. Did you? I wanted to watch it, but it's not compatible with Apple TV. Oh right, which is so dumb. It is dumb. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to be a fan of it. Okay, you're not going to like it because it's gruesome, or is it like? Uh, yeah, it can be gruesome. Ugh. It's overall dark. It's not like, it's not a, a fun kind of interesting. Well, it's Black Mirror. It's, it's the one thing that makes it cool is how extremely meta it can be at times. Yep. You can kind of fall down a think hole, yep. but it is not the New Year's Day hangover watch that I wanted to <laughs> go in with. I'll you tell don't you that. say. I'll tell you that for free. No kidding. Nah. No. Uh, good omens. Uh, yes, excited about this. Got to be excited for this. This is happening in 2019, not 2020. I think it's happening pretty soon. I think it's oh. happening in like March or April. Excellent. So, uh, David Tennant, Michael Sheen, John Hamm, Amazon Prime, adapting the Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett novel that yep. is uh, lauded. Great. Oh, I still have an Amazon Prime account too. So, and you do too. I sure do. We can stream it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am the Knight, which stars Chris Pine. Chris Pine doing another Patty Jenkins project. She directed uh, Wonder Woman. This is on TNT. It's a period thriller. It looks like it takes place in like the 60s. And I think it's about like, uh, I think it's set in a very real America. So like, I think they're going to dance around Manson stuff and all kinds of like early to, to, I know, I guess like late to mid uh, 20th century America, but it's a thriller and it stars Chris Pine. All right. Yep. This is a weird one. Uh, oh, the excited. the Umbrella Academy. It's based on a graphic novel. It's coming out on Netflix. Okay. I could give you 
a thousand guesses and you wouldn't guess who wrote the graphic novel unless you know already can you give me a time period that they would have written it in probably in the last 10 or 20 years this person was famous uh, 12 years ago whoa person was famous 12 years ago will i first of all know who it is yep oh oh i've got a great guess do you I've got a great guess, and I have no idea if it's going to be right, but um, Adrian, dude from the OC. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? You're thinking Adrian Brody. Uh, Adam Brody. Adam Brody. No. Yes. It's not. It's lamer than that. It's a good guess, though, for 12 years ago. It's not a bad guess. Um, Musician from 12 years ago. Oh, this is even better. Musician who was famous 12 years ago. Pop star? Yeah. Alt pop. Alt pop. Is it like Gauthier or something? Nope. 12 years ago. Right. That's a little bit less than 12 years ago. Um, Emo band. Oh, it's like Patrick Stump? No, that's a good guess. It's Gerard Way, the lead singer of My Chemical Romance. Romance. Wrote, wrote the graphic novel The Umbrella Academy. And it's going to be on Netflix as a series. Wow. Yeah. I'm interested by this. Me too. I want to see if I'm he's good. In. I was always kind of rooting for My Chemical Romance. Yeah, they were cool. Yeah. I don't know why. Like, some, I, sometimes I'll just get Helena stuck in my head. Which is an amazing song. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Black Parade. I, I welcome to the Black Parade. Yep. Same thing. But I've never listened to a full album. No, I don't think I have either. No, just kind of the random song. But Helena, for sure. I want to listen to Helena. Though. Yeah. Man, good for Gerard Way. The video a, was great too. He's a writer. Yeah. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows is getting a TV series. I don't know how I missed this. No way. So Jemaine Clement, Taika Watiti, yep. uh, their movie going to be adapted into a show with the same people. They're all going to be in it. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I think that's it's, a good it's idea. It's got more legs as a TV show than a movie. Does it? Yeah. The movie is just like a segment of time. So it's a vampire comedy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a vampire comedy that's... Super funny. You should watch the trailer for it if you haven't before. Okay. I watched the trailer for the show today, but I didn't really get it. Oh, okay. Um, but it basically is just like a house of vampires over the course of three days or something. What We Do in the Shadows is a great title. Yeah. I've always thought that. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a Looking for Alaska TV series on Hulu. John Green, who wrote The Fault in Our Stars, and he's a YouTube person. Okay. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. He's a big YouTube person. Big YouTube person with his brother. Yeah. He wrote this book called Looking for Alaska. I don't know anything about it, but instead of being a movie, because I think movies are dead, uh -huh. <laughs> he's uh, it's a TV show. Interesting. Yeah. He also like bought a soccer team. I don't know if you know about that. No, I don't know. He about like that. started sponsoring a soccer team and basically like bought this British under premier league team. Like they're kind of like a farm team. Okay. And he named it something silly and they sponsor it and the the team I think might be doing well now. It's kind of an interesting that story. That is kind of fun. Yeah, apparently they're really funny guys, the brothers. I like them in what I've seen of him before. And I kind of like the fault in our stars as a movie when I saw yeah. it. It made me cry a lot. I thought it was like a sweet story. Yeah. I've never seen it. He has a couple of tropes, I guess that he's kind of known for leaning into a little bit too hard. Like the, the teenager who's just like smarter than any teenager actually right. is. Yeah. But whatever that sells, that makes young readers sure. feel seen and heard. It's kind of what Juno was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I like Juno. You're going to be excited about this one. Uh, Catch-22, the Hulu series starring George Clooney and Hugh Laurie, adapting the Joseph Heller book. Yes. 
Wait. Yes. Yes. I've never read the book, though. I don't no, me neither. I've got it around here somewhere. Like both those guys, though. Yeah. I, I, Clooney's producing it. He was going to be the main character. Yeah. And now he's going to take a smaller role. Cool. And Hugh Laurie's also in it. Right. So that could be exciting. I dig that. Yeah, definitely. Something else, Snowpiercer. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I kind of feel about this like I do The Witcher and also I Am the Night starring Chris Pine. Snowpiercer, Chris Evans, Tilda Swinton, TNT, sci-fi. <laughs> Why are these shows on TNT? I don't know. TNT, sci-fi. It's based on a film and also a French graphic novel. Nope. <laughs> I don't know. It's called Snowpiercer, though. You love that. Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. There's no piercer like Snowpiercer. Do you know the tagline? That's right, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. I hardly know her. Uh, do you remember a movie in 2011 called Hannah? Hannah? H A N N A? No. It was like you... a scary movie. Oh, okay. Like an indie when scary you, movie. When you said scary movie, it kind of kind of reminded me of it. I don't know things. if it's called. I don't know if it's Hannah because it's H A N N A. Uh, it's going to be a show basically based on the 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 movie it's amazon prime it stars saoirse ronan which is weird whoa she's kind of having a, a saoirse. saoirse man even saoirse. even when she was uh what was she doing presenting yeah it was like we're going to get to not <laughs> like <laughs> i can't believe her accent sometimes it's great i think it's cool that they're not suppressing it yeah no i think so too she's a very cool person they're not censoring it <laughs> no they're not they're trying not to bleeping the whole don't thing change sersha <laughs> you know how some people like suddenly don't have that accent totally. anymore 100 well mark ronson what happened to mark ronson's accent he's supposed to be british is he yeah oh wow he's supposed to be british and he's like I can't believe the, <laughs> that I'm getting this award. The SS Shallow. What and was that shit, by the way? Yeah. The SS Shallow. The, yeah, the captain of the SS Shallow is you Lady know, Gaga. You know my problem? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know my problem with Shallow? And you and I have talked about uh, A Star is Born a lot. Yep. And we're both fans. And I like that song, too. Uh, but we were talking about the Golden Globes the other night at family dinner. And my mom said... I think Shallow's okay, but I don't know if it's like an, an amazing song. And I was like, I agree. And then I realized the whole point of Shallow is that it's not done yet. Like like the part where she's like, wah, she doesn't yeah. have words because they right. just made it up. Yeah. So why is this the best song of the year in a movie? That's a good point. And they had so much time to actually work on it. Yeah. And they didn't write it, I don't think, from the perspective that like, okay, well, it's not done yet. So we're going to make it sound unfinished. Well, kind of. Like, she just makes it up in a parking lot, right? That's the... And then... I get that. And then he's like, I'm going to write another part to it. And I'm going to make you sing it in front of 10,000 people. I've got this arrangement. (laughs) I think it's pretty fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Did you watch the Lady Gaga documentary? Yeah, I watched that. About a year ago. Yeah. It was out a year ago? Yeah. On Netflix? Well, because it builds up to her doing the Super Bowl. Right. So maybe that's maybe that's uh, the reason it's caught so much hype now, because oh, I maybe. feel like people are talking about it a lot now. I think it's called Lady Gaga Born this way, isn't it? Uh, yeah, maybe it is. Maybe but, not. Uh, like, the the description you just gave is what the documentary it is. Yeah. It's leading up to the Super Bowl, and yeah. it's done right after the Super Bowl it's good. performance. Yeah. It was good. It's really good. You know what else I watched is the entirety of the Taylor Swift Reputation, Reputation Tour. Tour. I knew you were going to say that. As soon as you said, you know what else I watched? I didn't <laughs> say it was Taylor Swift. It is pretty good. Yeah. But there were parts that let me down. There were parts where I was like, this could be tighter. Were you like, oh, Taylor? Or yes. You, yeah. Her crowd work sucks. That's too bad. Her crowd work sucks so much. That's too bad. It's much better when her dancers leave. Her dancers are like... They're, they're a cringe firework show. Yeah. They're so they're so hard to to watch. And she's like pretty sweet. 
obviously like the other thing that's cringy is the fans not even seeing taylor through all their tears like i understand being emotional you're like a big fan of this person you're really excited but like these people look like they're so bereft yeah (laughs) they're having a horrible time this ruined your day yeah Yeah, I, i i will never come into a circumstance where i go to something that i admire so much and I am bawling because of it. That's never going to so. happen for me. I don't think so. There was also a lot of dogs there. A lot of people brought their dogs. Are you kind of like over this whole dog thing? I'm, st- <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to get. I'm starting to get there. That's your hottest take in 107 episodes. <laughs> I love dogs. Okay, okay right. but when we're when people are put that in the reel for episode 200 (laughs) people are using dogs as like a key portion of their identity now yes and it just shouldn't be you're right like on the bachelor the other night there was nothing else on jen flipped to the bachelor it's the first time i've ever watched 20 minutes of a bachelor episode but it was the first day yeah and one of the the girl's things was when she first met the dude she was gonna be like Oh, and this is actually my dog, and you're going to take care of him through our whole journey. And it's oh, a little boy. Pomeranian that she gives us, the oh, psychopath yeah. gives yep. the guy. Um, and inside, all of a sudden, all the girls are like, oh, my God, I should have brought my dog and given him my dog. Like, my dog's so cute, but my this, I'm missing my dog right now so much. I'm my dog, my dog. I'm like, no. guys, everyone just calm down about your dogs. Well, I, fi- I totally know what you mean. Like, I find it weird when you're behind a truck. And it's like a stupid truck. <laughs> and yeah. there's a sticker on the window that's like the silhouette of a tiny dog. And it's like, I heart my West Highland Terrier. Right. And having a dog is not a personality. No, I. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. why are you trying to make this your thing? Right. Like, this is what I identify most with. My dog. Yeah. <laughs> my <laughs> dog understands me. And all the memes that are like, bro, dogs are my only people or whatever you know those kind Uh, of things yeah it's like i wish people understood me like my dog understands me your dog doesn't understand you your dog that's why he loves your dog you feed your dog yeah he loves you because he doesn't understand (laughs) how insufferable you are yeah exactly (laughs) he's just happy when you walk in the door that is an interesting spin on dogs (laughs) and i'm not even really a dog person there and i i am like i i would get a dog tomorrow yep but i just don't think i would make my life about my dog why don't you have a dog uh jen's very neat doesn't really want a dog we kind of discuss anytime we've dog sat yeah it's i call jen bipolar about dogs and i've said this to her yep because she like if she has like a little dog on or something she's like oh love him so much but then the dog shits on the ground and it's like what the hell are you doing you (laughs) stupid dog yeah and and she's so neat she's very particular and and also when you go you got to plan oh well we got to go back because the dog's back like it's five o'clock so it is it is a lifestyle i will say though because jen is so particular and responsible probably the first couple of months would be very stressful for her. Mm. And then that dog would be whipped into shape. That's probably true. it wouldn't true. be a problem. I, she, Jen wants a human before she wants a dog. Oh, okay. Like she's more willing to take on a child. Does she know they're a problem too? She absolutely, this is the weird thing. Yeah. Like she absolutely knows that, the, but she's willing to put up with anything that a kid throws her way. That's cool. Yeah. I, I really admire that. But, but I find it funny. I'm like, can we, get a dog when we have a kid <laughs> like we're gonna have to go home for the kid yeah you so. might not want a dog when you have a kid yeah, i know at least at first 
Uh, okay, another comic book adaptation. This either sounds really cool or really stupid. It's called Pennyworth. Any guesses as to what it might be? Pennyworth. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a show about the um, the secretary for James Bond. No. Okay, so this <laughs> oh, is that's, a sh- that's Money Penny. Money <laughs> <laughs> but uh, not bad okay let me keep guessing it's it's exactly the same let by me. the way it's it's no better than that okay it's roughly the same concept pennyworth um it's a show about uh uh the life of penny marshall yep it's a show about a young alfred pennyworth before he is adopted by the wayne family oh i was pre- i was pretty close by by money penny it's the same thing uh, made by the executive producers of Gotham, which is wrapping up. It's an epic show. It's about a young Alfred. That's going to be bad. Yeah. They like really young. Like you should see how handsome he is. <laughs> it's so dumb. And what's he going to do? What is this show? Like, is he going to be fighting? Well, is- Alfred in Gotham is like a ninja. Like he's right. a total badass. So okay. if it's supposed to be the same guy, same you, which I don't think it is. Right. Um, I guess he'll probably, you know, get trained by Rajal Ghul. There's no way that there's a cool arc to that story. No. He's not going to be like, and then one day, I really lost. (laughs) I wanted to care for rich people. (laughs) Yeah, the series finale is he goes into the hospitality industry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's very dumb. Like, unless there's something where he's like, I'll read the prophecy. (laughs) And I need to care for this man. That's Michael Caine's book is is right next to you, by the way. Oh wow! It's called Blowing the Bloody Georgia. That's <laughs> <laughs> what it's called. I looked at the title, thought it was hilarious as you were saying what yeah. the title was. Man, did you read that yet? No, it's it's Not I got it for bad. Christmas. Oh my god, that's a great Christmas gift for it's, you. I, I asked for it. I was like, <laughs> I, as soon as I heard that, I heard him interviewed on CBC Radio. You wrote your letter to Santa. Yeah, I did. I was like, as soon as he said the title was "Blowing the Bloody Doors Off," <laughs> I was like, I gotta read that book. It's gonna be hilarious. <laughs> Have you started reading it? No, not yet. Oh, okay, I'm excited for it. You gotta get the whole way through this one. Who's look? Who's talking, Mister? I never finished Cherry. I finished most books. It's just Cherry that I haven't got through. The easiest book in the world to read. I I'm really struggling with uh yeah I'm doing so much heroin and yeah. everyone he, hates me. And he I does hate do myself that. Yeah. And well, you're not going to finish it now. I don't know. Sex Education is it stars Asa Butterfield. Am I saying that properly? <laughs> uh yes. Jillian Anderson from the X Files. She plays a mom who's also like a sex therapist. It's a Netflix show. I think it's like a teen thriller. I think it's like like Riverdale. Oh, it's gonna be trash. Is she gonna like hook up with kids? Like, I hope not. Taylor Lautner style. Maybe. Oh, wait. No, that's not the one. Who was the pool boy in uh, Desperate Housewives? Like that. Whatever <laughs> yeah. That guy's name is. Yeah. And Eva Longoria was. Um, John Tucker must die. It was that guy? Yeah. Yeah. It was John Tucker. It's probably gonna be like that. Oh, we don't have a title for the show yet, but the the untitled as of yet morning show behind the scenes show starring Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston and Steve Carell, which is a stacked front line. Okay. Uh, and we talked before about oh, how... And Kirsten, Reese Witherspoon, not Kirsten Dunst. Did I say Kirsten Dunst? I, I think I said Reese Witherspoon. I, I always confuse the two. So Re- Like legally blonde Reese Witherspoon. Yes, yeah. Uh, the interesting thing is that there has been this like long-standing rumor that after Reese played 
uh, Rachel's sister on Friends mm-hmm. that the two of them hated each other. That's right. And they wanted to do another Rachel's sister episode and Jennifer Aniston uh, kiboshed it. Right. And that's when they brought in Christina Applegate. Yeah. So everybody has always thought these two hate each other. And now they're doing a show together, which right. is voluntary. It's uh, it's Reese's production company. Right. So yeah, we talked talk about that a little bit. They before. don't hate each other. And it's Steve Carell. And have you have we seen a trailer for this one? No, it doesn't even have a title yet. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. But uh, it's probably it's, probably going to be good. And Steve Carell's in it. Yeah. Is it supposed to be a comedy? I think so. I think it's supposed to be light. Oh, that's good. Yeah. He did a great job at um, the Golden Globes, didn't he? Yeah, with uh, with Carol Burnett. Yeah. The, he's in too many things right now, though. Yeah. Like, Marwin got completely trashed critically. Did it? He's really good as Donald Rumsfeld. I will give him that. Oh, good. And what's his other thing right now? He's in something else. Beautiful Boy, which didn't do that well. What is Beautiful Boy? It's uh, It's based on a memoir. Chalamet plays this, like, he's the oh, son yeah. who's he was on nominated. In the Golden Globes. Yeah, but the movie didn't do that well, critically. Like, by and large, a lot of the movies that are being celebrated are also not being celebrated. Gotcha. Doesn't really make sense. Uh, Okay, The Passage, which is a post-apocalyptic show on Fox, stars Mark Paul Gosselaar, Zach Morris' trash. Love it. Produced by Ridley Scott. Interesting. I'm team Mark Paul Gosselaar. Are you? I'm I'm in his corner so hard. Did you watch Franklin and Bash? I didn't. (laughs) But I want him to like be a. I, I think he's a cool guy. I think he has a good sense of humor about it all. Yeah, he seems all right. Yeah, uh, Wayne. I watched the trailer for this new show called Wayne. It's from the producers of Deadpool and Deadpool Two. It's on YouTube Premium, and it's about this like ne'er do well, outlaw young dude. When I say young dude, I mean like I think he's like eighteen. Right. And he goes basically on an adventure to hunt down his dad's Trans Am after his dad gets killed. And this show looks like it has some swagger. Okay. Yeah. Some serious swagger for Wayne. Yeah. And it's going to be a what show? It's on YouTube Premium. Oh, okay. Is that their first show since Cobra Kai, really, that they've... Maybe. Nice. And Cobra Kai went over pretty well, I think. I think it did. Critically, people really liked it. Probably get the second season of that. I don't think they ever could have dreamed that show going so well. I don't know that they should do a second season. They're going to. Yeah. Right or wrong, they're going to. Might beat that into the ground. The Carmen Sandiego show is coming out in 2019. <laughs> I What is that going to be? Uh, animated stars Gina Rodriguez as the titular Carmen Sandiego and also Finn Wolfhart from Stranger Things and It. It's a Netflix show and it is, of course, based on the 90s computer game CD-ROM. Mm. Not excited about that. Black Monday stars Don Cheadle and Andrew Rannells. It's a Showtime show. It's a period uh, comedy drama thing. Uh, and it's about Wall Street. It's about some like uh, people who don't belong on Wall Street mm-hmm. intercepting Wall Street. Okay. I dig that. I heard Horatio Sanz is supposed to be in that too. Black Monday? Yeah. I watched the trailer today for something called Russian Doll, uh, which is, it stars Natasha Leone from Orange is the New Black. Okay. It's produced by Amy Poehler and, uh, nope, just Amy Poehler. It's a new Netflix show and it's basically Groundhog Day, but it looks a little bit bloodier. Huh. This kind of miserable bad person yeah. dies. Yeah. And then she just keeps reliving the same night over and over and over again. At the end of it, she dies in some new way and she's trying right. to get out of this vicious cycle. Natasha Leone's funny. She's, yeah, she's gritty. She's good. She's talented. And it's produced by Amy Poehler. She wrote the show. It, oh, she wrote it? It seems edgier than what you'd expect from Amy Poehler. I like this. My nose Her is so and Maya Rudolph also very good on the Golden Globes. 
Did you find that bit funny? I found it really the funny. The will you marry me yeah. thing? Were they making fun of the guy who proposed to his, was it the Oscars last year? You know what? That's probably what they were doing. I just found it was so funny when she brought the box out and started shaking so hard. I guess. I kind of forgot about the Oscars thing until that happened. Yeah. No, I did not even connect it, and I still found it really funny. Uh, PLL The Perfectionists, the Pretty Little Liars spinoff, is coming out on Freeform, which is a Disney platform. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm not even going to dignify that with any more comment. Miracle Workers stars Steve Buscemi as God. And it's a supernatural comedy on TBS. <laughs> Mad, Lib- Mad Libs are fun. You're surprised. Yeah, that's exactly what I feel <laughs> you're doing. It's real. You're you're drawing from a hat and making a show. Okay, give me the title of the next show, and I'm going to try to th- tell you what the, the premise is. It's called Shrill. 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 Okay. This is starring um, Diane Keaton. And she plays a um, singing teacher. Who did you did you look this movie up? No, I swear to God, I did not. Okay, that makes sense because it's not at all what the show is. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Diane Keaton playing a singing teacher who has lost the propensity to have sex and is looking <laughs> for uh, why shrill <laughs> some motivation. Well, because she's a singing but teacher she and sing. she's got kind of like a. A uh, cold, like nunish style <laughs> voice. She's got a cold for the whole season. <laughs> <She's> got... <laughs> it makes her voice very shrill. <laughs> so is that what it is? Yeah, that's uh, it. Okay. Nailed it. No, it's a comedy on Hulu, and it stars Aidy Bryant. Oh. It's produced by Lauren Michaels and Elizabeth Banks, and it's about a, a gal who's comfortable in her own skin going about young life, trying to meet guys and get ahead. Okay. It's about, it's every show. It's girls, it's new girl, it's... Oh, sex in the City. Sex in the City. It's every show. Uh, Fosse Verdon, which is Sam Rockwell as Bob Fosse, Michelle Williams also. FX, it's a, a, a bio series of the dance and choreography legend Bob right, Fosse. Right, he's a choreographer. Yes. I heard about this today. Many say... Michael Jackson, in fact, ripped off many of his moves from Bob Fosse, which is unfortunate for the black community, <laughs> if that is true. Yeah. Let the, well, let the black community have something. Like, we're constantly saying that. Well, you know how in, in Back to the Future, where they kind of subtly imply that a white guy wrote Johnny Be Good? It kind of feels like that. Oh, yeah. That would not, that doesn't age well. It doesn't age well, no. That doesn't age well at all. Any other shows there? The last one is The Politician, which is a Ryan Murphy show starring Ben Platt. It's on Netflix. And I can't really tell for sure, but I think it's a musical. And it's about like a young dude like wanting to be in politics and make a difference. Oh, that's... Ben Platt is Ben Platt is Dear Evan Hansen. That's his thing. He's also on Pitch Perfect. That can't be good. I don't know. Ryan Murphy makes good stuff. Ryan Murphy... Yeah, you're right. But it's a musical about politics? I don't know for sure that it's a musical, but Ben Platt... Is a singer. He's like, I am not throwing away my shot. <laughs> exactly. Just rip off a bunch of. Uh, just does well. The only other political musical. Well, and Ryan Murphy already did a show that was a musical that ripped off songs from other things. If Glee right. was still on, there would have been a Hamilton episode. I and forgot it would have been gutless. Ryan Murphy was uh, from Glee. Well, he he created Glee, thing. which explains why the first few episodes of Glee were pretty cutting edge. Right. And then it completely fell apart. Because he didn't stay on for all of it. I things. doubt it. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe he stayed on as a, an executive producer. Darren Chris wasn't on Glee right at the beginning. No. And their pals. got there. 
Yeah. Where's Leah Michelle now? I don't know. I saw her on Broadway singing Shallow in a bar on a YouTube <laughs> clip. So in the bar. Kind of exactly where she'd be if she was never on She's Glee. She's at the bottom of a glass somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's too bad for her. That's right. Um, anything else? That's what's to come in 2019. I'm excited. Some for good it. stuff. Let's cover all of these shows. I, I think we'll be desperate to. <laughs> yeah. Great point. Uh, uh, we look forward to it. Um, uh, the only other thing I have to say is that I did read recently that apparently Will and Jada Smith never spend their anniversary together. It seems like strategically they make an effort not to see each other on their anniversary. Mm, is that like their, their annual hall pass day? I'm, I'm wondering. It's a weird way to celebrate your union. Yeah, by being apart from each other. Yeah. Do you think that maybe they're both like evading taxes on their anniversary? Maybe because something happened at their wedding where they got like a huge gift. And on the anniversary of their wedding every year, the IRS comes hunting for them. And they have to be in different places. Let me tell you something. It's a good guess. <laughs> it's a good guess. You think that's good? I don't know for sure if that's what it is. But this does harken back we'll to, have the, to, look into it. to the genesis of our Never Trust Will Smith shtick, which is that their marriage seems like a sham. It is a sham. Yeah. And that's why you should never trust Will Smith. Never trust Will Smith. Polyamory's okay, but never trust Will Smith. <laughs> I feel like we never said that. that that's really the thesis of our podcast. <laughs> Love the one you're with, but never trust Will Smith. Ah, oh, and you made it rhyme. <laughs>